Welcome back to Flop Stars, a brand new podcast looking at our favourite pop stars in our hearts who can't quite compete on the charts. As always, I'm joined by Nick Kelly to look at a criminally underrated record that has won cult adoration. This week, we're spotlighting Lady Gaga's art pop record. The experimental, boundary-pushing album came at the height of her career, but failed to nab the same commercial success as its predecessors. Since then, it's become a fan favourite, with many arguing it was ahead of its time. I've got Nick here to unpack it with me. Hello, hello. How are you, Nick? Oh, I'm so wonderful, Sam. It's great to be joining you and our um, humble listeners from quarantine. Um, I suppose this is the beauty of the podcasting industry, is that you can really do it from anywhere, and you can listen from anywhere as well. So um, we send solidarity to those who are self-isolating right now. Um, and we're excited to get into some Gaga action and into some niche nerdy Gaga action, talking about this specific moment in her chapter. Yeah, we were planning on doing this podcast in front of an audience of 600, but <laughs> we've, we've had to pull the pin on that. We were going to use the um, we were going to use the Wendy Williams show studio and just sort of tack on to her audience, but unfortunately, she's had to halt production now as well. So we're forced to record out of our individual homes in Sydney yeah. and in New York City. But let's get into it. I mean, we're talking about art pop. This is Lady Gaga's weirdest album, without a doubt. This is an album that definitely didn't do commercially incredibly, but is still talked about pretty much daily by Gaga fans the world over. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like at the time everybody wanted to tear Gaga down, as is what happens when you're the biggest pop star in the world. And now I feel like people are only just starting to really fight in defense of art pop. And maybe that was because the whole Joanne thing happened and everybody was like, actually, Pop Gaga's good. We'll, we'll have her back. Thanks. Exactly. And it t- it's taken her so bloody long to get back to this. I mean, she's done literally everything in her power to not come back to being Pop Gaga in the last few years, whether it be... Mm the Tony Bennett record, whether it be oh, Joanne, gosh. whether it be <laughs> A Star Is Born, um, whether it be, you know, Perfect Illusion and, um, and and that kind of realm of her life, even The Cure, it was starting to head back towards pop. But yeah, I think you're, you, you, you touch on a really good point. I think once she started releasing music that wasn't as straight up, you know, heavy dance influenced pop music, um, everyone started to realise that's where her forte is. That's what we discovered her for when yeah. Just Dance came out. It was that dance-tinged pop music, and we were like, that's why we love Gaga. Let's get her back to that. But I, lo- I feel like there's been one common theme about all these people and projects that we've unpacked on Flop Stars so far, now that yep. we're at episode four, and that is that very these deep. are... Very deep. <laughs> it's very deep. But I think it's something that will continue. Um when artists get daring and experimental and they are they are judged negatively for it initially and critiqued yeah. negatively for it initially and then we come back to it a few years later with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of a bird's eye view and everything's better everything's much better and we 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 look at it with more rose-colored glasses eventually yeah exactly but often it's because you get to a point where pop is kind of like what they were doing years ago, but I feel like with art pop, pop has never actually gotten to the point that art pop was at when it was released. Like, 
Yeah. It's never really... Nobody's doing art pop-like music now, I wouldn't say. It was just kind of this so- really solitary record that has continued to like exist in its own universe, which is kind of nice when you go back and listen to it because it feels still so different and still so unusual. And to consider that this was by somebody who sold a million copies in the first week of... Um, I was going to say Born to Die, Born This Way. <laughs> <laughs> the Lana Stan jumped out. It's wild that she went so hard into this really strange universe while she was at the top and like completely daring. And who knows whether she thought that she was going to be able to pull it off. She absolutely didn't pull it off. But <laughs> maybe we can, maybe this, this podcast is, justifies her work in some way, if you're listening Stefani. (laughs) There's something she said when the record came out that I think speaks to what it actually is. She says it displays an intentional lack of maturity and responsibility by comparison to Born This Way and records she'd done before. So an intentional lack of maturity and intentional whackness to everything that she was putting out. Well, when you think of Born This Way, the heart of the record was really about inclusiveness and equality and portraying all those kind of things that her fan base had really followed her for in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, and when you think of an, a record like Applause in comparison to Born This Way, it's wild the way she just completely ditched that and was like, you know what, I'm just going to speak absolute nonsense and see what happens. Exactly. Um, should we dive into some of the questions that we want to unpack about this record? We should. Our first question to be answered is was Gaga the biggest pop star in the world before art pop I would say yes with Katy Perry and Taylor I would say yes yeah they were kind of the holy trinity at the time and to a lesser extent Nicki Minaj as well was kind of holding holding down the R&B influenced and the hip-hop influenced pop side um her, her her most recent release before art pop uh was a very Gaga holiday her live EP uh, performed at the ABC <laughs> Holiday Television Special, a very gaga Thanksgiving. But before that, of course, was the life-changing, for me at least, Born This Way album, which was yeah. easily my favourite album of the 2010s. Um, out of any pop star, any record released, EP or album or live holiday EP. Really? Um, that was my favourite album. <laughs> That's why they call me the tram. (laughs) I think I do a good Tony Bennett impression, don't you? (laughs) I think so, yeah. When he steps off the twig, maybe you can do cheek to cheek three. (laughs) Steps off the twig? I've never heard steps off the twig before. Really? That's so good. One of my birds literally stepped off the twig once. Well, it was murdered by my other budgie. (laughs) But yes, Gaga was the biggest pop star in the world. She was the biggest pop star in the world in my mind and in my life. Um, I think for other people, Katie probably was as well. I mean, this was the uh, around the time of, uh, if if memory serves me right, this was around the time uh, Gaga was born this way out, after, around the time of Firework and stuff, right? I th- yeah, I think Art Pop was a similar kind of year as um, like uh, Prism, the Katie album. Yeah, but I want to say anyone who was who's thinking that Katy Perry was doing better stuff than Gaga at that point is absolutely off their chops because Gaga was streets ahead of Katy in terms of what she was doing, in my opinion. 
There was one better song on Prism than anything on Art Pop, and that was Walking on Air. Walking on Air. Say it together. (laughs) (laughs) I think we know now that that was a better song than anything else. And that's where Katie is at her strongest. But yeah, I mean, I think pop music actually went through a pretty interesting change um, around 2012 and around 2013. I mean, this came out towards the end of 2013. And you had a, a whole bunch of different records coming out around then. I mean, Blurred Lines, I know, was a big song that year. Um, You had more anthemic. Katie had gone through her raw era and you had that really anthemic, empowering, you know, pop music starting to come to the forefront as well um, where maybe it had been buried buried in the past by sort of more um, what would have been seen at the time as corny and cheesy pop music. You had these real sort of mainstream sounding anthems coming through. It was all about being relatable. I think people wanted to know who was behind their favorite pop star. Whereas just years prior, people were watching pop because it was so theatrical and it was so bold. And it's like, who's going to turn up to the Grammys doing what next? You had Nicki Minaj turning up with the Pope. You had Gaga in her incubation egg. It was just a totally (laughs) different era. And then suddenly it kind of reached saturation around the point that Gaga released Art Pop and it had gone to the Ed Sheerans and Adele's and even Katy Perry was going down that route as well. So Gaga was kind of left in the middle of it with this really odd avant-garde pop record. And everyone was like, you know what, we're done with that. And meanwhile, she was spinning around on a stake getting vomited on at South by Southwest. (laughs) And that's what we love her for. Yeah, it was a, a really interesting time for pop music. It was a time, this was when I was first starting to do radio regularly as well. And I remember all the, the records we were playing were very safe, um, yeah. with probably with the exception of like Blurred Lines, but they were safe, and kind Gangnam of simple style. pop records. And Gangnam Style. So- and for that one week, for that one week in mid-2013 um, mid where um, Red Foo's Let's Get Ridiculous was number one. Um, yeah. Very well. That was an exception to the rule. But yeah, I think that was the sound of the time and therefore Gaga didn't quite fit in musically anymore and was okay with it. Yeah. So I think we've kind of already answered this question, but do you think art pop was ahead of its time or behind its time or in another time? I think because it was purposefully immature and silly and a bit ridiculous... I think it was behind its time yeah, so at that I. point. I think it was, um, we'd kind of worked out what good, strong, credible, in quotation, uh, in quotation marks, dance pop music sounded like at the time. And what it yeah. sounded like really was Avicii. It was that, that dance music with meaning. It was songs like Wake Me Up. It was songs like Don't You Worry Child by Swedish House Mafia. And therefore, yeah. just simply putting a really hard four to the floor beat um, behind a you know a wailing kind of pop vocal didn't cut the mustard anymore. <laughs> People wanted a bit more meaning to it. So in that sense, yeah. it was behind the time. But Gaga admits and admitted at the time that that was a purposeful thing. And I yeah. love that about her. I love it as well. I think it leads us nicely into our first game of art pop or just pop. Um, Oh, this is a good game. So we're going to be putting art pop songs against another pop song from 2013. And we're going to um, argue or agree on which one's better. And usually when we play these or games, we argue and we don't agree. 
if we do, but, which is why we put it so early in the episode, so there's a lot of animosity to carry us through. Yeah, exactly. And then listeners get to come along the journey of repatriation between us and, and watching <laughs> us repair our past. It's really, always a really beautiful resolution. If you stick around to the 45-minute mark, you'll really <laughs> see the unity in our partnership. Exactly. All right, so take me through the first battle round. The first one is the lead single from Art Pop Applause versus Raw by Katy Perry. Okay, you put me in a difficult position because I feel like Raw is objectively the better song. Um, If you're looking at songs that performed better and songs that were objectively good pop roar is a better song but this isn't about objectivity in this game is it sam this is about no it's not absolutely about subjectivity subjectivity. yeah that's what we're here for um i will then have to say applause it was bonkers and brilliant but still a strong enough hook um interesting production it was in the era where the pre-chorus was starting to become an important part and Obviously, I live out here, applause, applause. Where it actually said applause <laughs> was the pre, and then it doesn't say applause in the big banging bonkers o'clock hook. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely applause for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, hate Raw. I think um, applause, <laughs> absolutely. I just what like do you hate it, about Raw? I just can't stand Katy Perry. I hope she's okay with Corona, but I can't stand her. Um <laughs> <laughs> So Never Really Over was the best pop song of last year in True. saying that. And I'm warming up to her. But around the time she released Roar, I just didn't find anything she was doing exciting. Um, whereas Applause is kind of like this pop star turning the gaze. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's like she's almost acting like she's parodying the pop star, but also loving the role of the pop star in a way. Like... She's completely just outwardly saying that, yes, I want like all the attention in the world and give it to me. And you know what? I feel like she was at the point in her career where she actually believed that as well. And I think it was like ended up being quite damaging for her afterwards. But yeah, it was amazing to kind of like see this real parody of um, fame and pop star life. Absolutely. All right. Second battle round. Give it to me. What are we putting up against each other? Sex Dreams versus Come and Get It by Selena Gomez. Now tell me, was Come and Get It, I can't remember off the top of my head, was that around this era as well? Was this the same year? It's all the same year. I've already said okay. that. It was in the, oh, yeah. it was and in it, the byline and of it's the also, game. It's, written, it's literally <laughs> written on the sheet that we've both got in front of us. It says Art Pop Songs Against a Pop Song from 2013, which shows in great detail my <laughs> attention to detail. Uh, How specific a time period do you want? Do you want like month or day? Because <laughs> come, come and Get It to me still feels like Selena not fully formed. Yeah. It still feels like, you know, it still feels Disney. It still feels the scene. Yes, it's starting to get a little bit edgier. It's got that weird sort of grinding production in the background of the chorus. Great song, great sing-along. Sex Dreams was also fantastic. Um, it was, it'd be probably up there in the top half of my favourite songs on Art Pop, but 
it's yeah. not that iconic that it stands up for me against Selena's Come and Get It. And I like ah. that this was the, the start of a coming of age for Selena. And I'll always back a daring twist and turn. So I'm going to go Come and Get It in this instance. Okay. I agree with what you've said about Come and Get It. But Sex Dreams is maybe my favorite off art pop, I think. Oh, wow. I love how she uses that like kind of really like fragile register that she never really uses. Like Gaga is always high octane and on sex streams, she kind of is quite like slinky in a way. So I really like that. I think sex streams is one of the like defining moments of the album. Okay. Yeah. So in saying that, I'm going to go come and get it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I like this because I agree with your reasoning for... Because I agree, it was a it was a, a left turn on an album that was, you know, I think this this was in the it's in the first half of the album at least, and I think so far on the track listing it had been quite bonkers, you know, it'd yeah. been pop as a clock for the first few songs, and then it gets to um, it gets to Sex Dreams and it does take a slight left turn, it adds a bit more of a, a new corner to the album. So yeah, I totally respect that. What is battle round number three? Number three is G U Y from Art Pop. Versus We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus. Two very strong songs against very each other. Strong. This is a strong round. Um, Alright, this is a really difficult one, actually. Can I get you to go first in this one? Because okay. I, I always feel like my answer sort of... And I'm really torn with this one. And my answer kind of starts to shift whenever I hear your reasoning. So I want you to go first. GUI <laughs> okay, yeah. We can't stop. Uh, this is hard. I love GUI as well. Another one, actually that video she did where she combined GUI, Venus and Sex Dreams. They're like the, that's the holy trinity of art pop in my opinion. Um, and GUI is, GUI is the one song that I'm kind of like, this was really ahead of its time in terms of the production and stuff. It's so like full on and just like, Meaty in a way, um, but I just <laughs> meaty, <laughs> not meaty. <laughs> Anything but meaty. Girthy. Um, <laughs> I I I don't know. I can never go past "We Can't Stop" by Miley. It's such a ridiculous song, and it such is. a ridiculous era, and it's almost problematic at this point. Um, but. <laughs> I just, I don't know. There's just something about We Can't Stop that just makes me want to be really ratchet and I just can't go past that. I have to go with We Can't Stop. Everyone in line in the bathroom trying to get a line in the bathroom. Like, one of the great lyrics of our time. Yeah, um, it took me a long time to figure out what that meant, to be honest. <laughs> well, because they, um, they kept bleeping it on the radio as well. So they go, oh, that's everyone right. in that's line right. in the bathroom. <laughs> Trying to get up in the bathroom. And everyone was like, is that mm. meant to be blowjob? Is that meant to be <laughs> something else? Um, yeah, I agree with... And, and this is probably the same reason that I went with Come and Get It for Selena Gomez, but We Can't Stop was phenomenal from um, from that standpoint as being a, a, t- a coming of age for Miley in a, in a, 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 t- a next stage of her career. Um, and this was obviously also the, the year that she got herself in the quote-unquote controversy with Robin Thicke. Um, because people hadn't seen oh, yeah. Miley as a sexual being before. 
Um, and then she twerked up against Robin Thicke at, the, at one of the award shows when he performed Blurred Lines. And, and everyone was just like, whoa! And it literally like exploded everyone's heads into a million yeah. pieces. They couldn't um, deal. And I, I have loved every... There's not been a Miley iteration that I haven't loved. I've loved everything she has ever done from Party really? in the USA onwards. Every time she pivots or changes her, her vibe, I've loved it. Um, Even Malibu. Malibu is one of my favourite songs of all time. Actually, that's a big fucking call. Malibu is... That is is a huge call. (laughs) (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody is shaking. (laughs) It would have been top top ten of that year for me, Malibu. I loved how, like... It was it was somehow it was country energy, but then it had this like boom 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 kind of beat. Anyway, we're not talking about that song. We're talking about yeah, we can't stop versus G U Y. Malibu G U Y G U. No, God. <laughs> All right, that's now that is an album we've got to unpack on this on this show at some point. No. Um, <laughs> yes, that and Prism. I'm earmarking. No, um, absolutely not. You're, you're, you will hate those episodes. You make me do um, that. I'm making you do Tanache. <laughs> Neither of us want that. Um, <laughs> okay. G-U-Y, I like because that thing at the end where she starts going, I say, I say, or something. I don't know what she's singing, but I just like, she's obviously just, hate, <laughs> just hurtling into the microphone. Um, yeah. I'm going to go, we can't stop for the exact reasons you gave. Okay. Adore it. Cool. Yeah. Moving on. We're going Venus. Versus Wake Me Up by Avicii. So wake me up when it's all over. Oh, and I'm wiser, and I'm older. That's what she should have done with Joanne. Should have done a Wake Me Up moment. Well, like I was talking about, is that, is that a siren? Oh, yeah. New York, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I was saying earlier um, about the kind of mature dance pop that we were used to by 2013, 2014, songs like Don't You Worry Child by Sweetie Chow's Mafia and, and songs like Avicii's Wake Me Up, I think this was a really mature dance record and a really mature way to do it. It was the first mainstream dance record that incorporated elements of country, which to at that point still hadn't been sort of given cred- credibility um, yeah. as a genre that could be heard within the pop realm and, and within the dance realm especially. Um, so I have to give credit to Wake Me Up for being quite a groundbreaking mainstream record. But then we got Venus, yeah. which was top th- at least top three for me um, yeah, on, on Art Pop and a phenomenal, phenomenal Gaga moment. Right up there like with Quint- Do What You Want and Jewels and Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and Aura slash Burka. Um, I feel, and again, objectivity versus subjectivity. My objective brain is saying Avicii, but my subjective brain says Venus because I probably, every time I hear Wake Me Up on the radio, I can't, I I turn it off. So yeah, it's Venus. Okay, cool. Well, I have absolutely no reason why, but it's Wake Me Up for me. Whoa. (laughs) Really? I can't explain it. Like literally have no reason why. Okay. It's fine. Everyone will be really glad they've tuned in for our pop expertise. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, I just like it. Don't, don't know, I just like it. Next, <laughs> next question. Don't ask me about it. Don't at me. Just move on. Why do you think Gaga fans defend art pop so much? 
Well, I mean, they defend everything that Gaga does and says, so that comes under that banner. Even cheek? Is there? Are there even people flying the cheek to cheek flag? Surely not. I don't think people. I've I've not seen what I've seen when she goes on those really left of center decisions is they support her in them and they go, she needs to go and do this shit so that she comes back to what she's best at and at her core. She needs to go and experience all these other weird things and and explore all these other worlds she wants to exist in. Um, Whether that be, you know, collaborating with fucking Intel or whatever it was tech <laughs> stuff. Remember that bizarre experience? She's like, I think it was around art pop time. She teamed up with Intel for some performance. Well, she was going to do an art hits. pop app, which I'm pretty sure never materialised. That's right. It was like art pop, the app launching this day, art pop, the, the album coming this day. Yeah. It was like the app. It was like the app was, was a mess. was precedence. The app was more important to that strategy than the album was going to be. It was like the album was secondary to the whole thing. Um, I think Art Pop holds a particular place in in her fan in her her core fans' heart um, because because it's a pop record because it's an experimental pop record, which is what is quintessential about Gaga. It's yeah. weird. It's big. It's loud. It's abrasive. Um, it's pop, but it's pop at its core. And so I think her her core fan base really appreciates it for that. Um, yeah. And I think because the critics weren't favourable towards it, um, I think her community banded together even further um, and, and wanted to support her on that. Um, and also I think because the album's quite fun. The album's really fun and it's escapist. And for a lot of her fans, what they found what they found in Gaga over the, over the journey is, while there are, are records that touch on things that are important to them and hit them on an emotional level... Um, yeah particularly in Born This Way when she unpacked a fair bit of, you know, you know, politics and, um, and, 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 and sexuality and, and those kinds of things that are important to people. Um, I think what people have looked to, look to Gaga for over the journey as well is a bit of escapism. Um, and a, yeah, bit of a, a fun, bit of a fun experience. Yeah, what do, what do you reckon? I, I think on your point of them um, banding together because it didn't do so well, I think that's kind of reminiscent of every artist we've spoken about on the pop star, which is pop audiences, in particular queer audiences, really band behind somebody when they're perceived to be an underdog. And this is the first time that they had Gaga to themselves. For the past few years before that, she'd been such a commercial and mainstream hit that she was like this gigantic superstar. And then suddenly they kind of had this album that they could call their own basically because no one else liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It wasn't. And I mean, this was the thing I remember if we want to talk about the commercial side of it. um, And I know we're going to talk about applause a little bit, a little bit later, but yeah, I think radio gave applause a chance and went, we'll support this weird new Gaga. Maybe this is what the kids like. And then they kind of just went, "Mm, no, nothing else. And then, yeah, the fans did get to get the rest of the record to themselves, essentially. So do you think that, I know that you're a born this way, 100% Stan, but do you think that you could argue if this was a schoolyard debate that Art Pop is her best album? No. No. You just give up. And just like your wake me, just like your wake me up decision, I've got no, nothing else to add other than no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, look, 
it it's got uh, it's definitely it wins in sort of her a thing she should be very proud of because it's definitely her most experimental record to date and that might be challenged by um, Chromatica but you sound I like think... a sympathetic parent you should be very proud of it you tried you gave it a good go participation award for you um, yeah that's probably the only way that it wins what, what do you reckon do you reckon there's any argument at all what angle could you kind of take for that I reckon I could argue it overborne this way to be honest um, but die my favourite is Fame Monster. I don't think I could argue for it over that. Um, nor my second favourite, the A Star Is Born soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going back on that. You reckon this album is better than Born This Way? Potentially, Potentially? yeah. Potentially? For me, some of the moments on, um, on Born This Way are a bit overblown. I think it has amazing songs but there are a few moments that are just a little bit much for me. Whereas I think art pop is more um, cohesive and less kind of anthemic and even hyperbolic. I apologise for immediately reacting with die when you said there's an argument for art pop being better than Born This Way. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that Born This Way is, in, is important. It is important, but I... I would respond to your evidence you've just presented with, with that, <laughs> with that there is an argument. There would be an argument for Born This Way being overblown at points. Absolutely. Just for people that. that can't see, which is everybody apart from me, you looked genuinely offended. Ah, oh, I was more. I was questioning. You, usually, when I you fight, for. when we fight, you look like you're ready to go into it, but you look like d- distraught. Yeah, I wasn't ready to unpack it because I wasn't ready to hear any evidence to the contrary. Uh, <laughs> let's have um, a game. Another, the mood. Let's have a game. I've got a fun little game to play with all the Gaga stands, and this is where we're going to kind of be a little bit more retrospective. Generally, we, we tend to focus on a project of a particular artist, but I want to have a little bit of a look around some of the other stuff she's done over the journey. Um, and over the journey. <laughs> over the journey. Sounds like she's been and, voted uh, off Australian Idol. <laughs> We're going to roll the highlights package um, and unpack whether some of her lesser commercially performing songs that were still singles um, were art bops or art flops. Correct. And once again, it's a, a subjective game of whether we think it was an art bop or an art flop. And we're going to go from the top of the career. Actually, we'll start with this album and then we'll sort of go around the career a little bit. I want to start with a song that's now not on streaming services and I'm only going to play the Christina Aguilera version of this record, but it's Do What You Want. Great song. I really, really rated this song and obviously it's now tarred in, in horrendous you know, controversy and there's all, uh, the, you Awful. know, there's a conversation to be had around why she chose that certain man to be on it um, over everyone else in the entire world when there was all that shit going on about him at the time. But do what this you want. This is when she should have chosen Tony Bennett. One of the few situations where he would have been a better choice. <laughs> I agree with you. I objectively agree with you. Um, so this song only <laughs> peaked at number 21 <laughs> <laughs> um, number 21 is where the, this track peaked at um, I am well, That's pretty it good, up. to be honest Yeah, it, 
but still, this is Gaga we're talking about. And when Gaga put a single out nearly two years before, it'd go at least top 10. Um, it gets an art bot from me. I think it's a fantastic song. What about you? Yeah, I think it's a great song. Obviously, just absolutely awful given the circumstances of the collaborator. And not only that, but the lyrics that were in the song are kind of tarred for me because of who was on it. And it's almost like they immediately realised what they'd done because Christina was basically added to it as soon as it became a single. It's just inexplicable and one of the few real, like, dark points of her career, I suppose. But yes, as a song, it's a good song. Yeah, and it should, she should be given credit for when um, when everything sort of unfolded over the last 12 to 24 months, she did make a statement about how she was in a dark place at that time. She was in a weird yeah. stage of her life where decisions she w- was making weren't necessarily true to the person she is. So um, credit where credit's due for that. Let's move on to a lighter note. This wonderful Gaga song, is it an art bop or an art flop? I'm talking the Kevin Parker and the other one written... Perfect Illusion. Was it Blood Pop, the other guy who worked on this? I remember sitting in a cafe in Brisbane, hungover as I've ever been, after the third day of Big Sound, um, and sitting there listening to Kiss FM do a retrospective of her career and then play that song. Not a great song to hear hungover, to be fair. It sounds like a howling cat. It just went on and on and on and on. But I grew to really like it. Um, and I, I, I think it's a really exciting moment from her. I love yeah. that she got Kevin Parker involved. And when his I saw... His first big pop co-write. Maybe still his only big pop co-write. Yeah. But yeah, ama- amazing. It was, it was so unexpected. It was such an unexpected person to be involved. But then you, you heard it and you were like, oh, this makes sense. This... I get this. Um, and then I, when I saw Mark Ronson DJ last year, he played Kevin Parker's original um, demo oh. of, of Perfect Illusion. And it's just, it's like, it would have been Tame Impala's best ever song. Tame Impala um, are actually playing it on tour at the moment. It's part of their set Oh, list. really? Yeah, I just did, this actually, week. I did see that. It's very exciting. Um, so for the two shows that will still go ahead before yeah, exactly. um, for cancelled forever, for those lucky enjoy enough it. to live in the in Antarctica, which is the only place <laughs> you can play a gig at the moment. <laughs> um, I I have to give this one an art flop. Um, what? I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it at the time. It's got merit. It's got benefits. But in the context of Gaga, this doesn't stand up for me anymore. Unfortunately. Okay, I'm going to give it an art bop. It's one of my favourites. Top 10, easily. Wow. Yeah. I would... I'd give them the video clip art bop. The video was excellent. Um, but the song itself was an art flop. Let's you thought go the video to... was better than the song. The video looked basically yeah. like they'd just gone to Burning Man for a week. Yeah, it's my kind of video. It's real and, real and raw. Um, <laughs> Note to anyone um, who wants their video featured on Project U. <laughs> <laughs> just, just film it in a in, in a desert and lots of swirling cameras, and yeah. you've got yourself a blog post. Yeah. Um, this is undoubtedly one of my favourite Gaga songs of all time, and I want to get your thoughts on it, Sam. I'm talking okay, about it, and nothing else I can say.
This was the fame. Was this on the fame? This record? Or was it the fame monster? This was on the fame. This came, yeah. this was the fourth single after her like amazing run of, oh, fifth single maybe after her amazing run of like Just Dance, Poker Face, Paparazzi and um, Love Game. Good memory. That was amazing. Yeah, look at that. I, I, need, to, I need to clock you on it though. Uh, it was third single. It was between Poker was Face it? and Love Game. But good, still good. Well, that was a mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> one you'll never get over. Um, <laughs> this this one was amazing. I, I love this song so much. It's got such like a pretty feeling to it. Um, it was one of the ones she wrote with the cherry, uh, uh, what are they called? Cherry, cherry Blossom Group or some shit. Cherry Tree. Cherry Tree Records, who oh, she was working with quite closely. Oh, is that why she goes like Cherry Cherry Boom Cherry bum. Cherry Boom Boom. So that's the producer oh. tag for a guy named Martin Kiersenbaum, um, who's worked with like Robin and stuff, but then in his later parts of his career worked with um, uh, like like weird acts like um, LaRue. I think he did Far East Movement when they were a thing as well. Um, and he, <laughs> pro- he produced this record and the, it, it just sounds like quintessential weird, like beautiful, pretty yeah. Swedish cherry tree pop. And this actually um, went to number two in Sweden whilst not going particularly well. I was going to say, it sounds particularly Swedish. And for that reason, I'll give it an art flop because it has all the makings of a flop. But from my personal opinion, it's a bop. One of yeah. the most underrated. But like, I don't know how anybody sat in that room listening to the fame and thought, this is the third single. This is it. <laughs> I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, it feels it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a third single. It doesn't feel like a single at all. But it feels so like a to really her record label, you almost gem. derailed her career early on. It nearly happened. You had two just smashes so you know. in a row, and then you had two more smashes ready to roll. And it's just we nearly never saw cheek to cheek. This one is, and this didn't. This performed relatively well commercially, but this was the song that followed up. Eh, eh. Called the love game. I'm talking about love game. Um, I'm gonna give that an art flop, and again, it's in the context of Gaga. Just don't yeah. think it's one of her great records, and I think particularly at this time, it was another one that could have potentially derailed her. Um, <laughs> there, there's. It's amazing I li- I like- she got a second album. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sam would have dropped her if he was yeah. running into scope at the time. She would have been dropped. Um, yeah, it gets an art flop for me. What about you? Yeah, me too. Hate it. Good. We're on the same page. <laughs> now, to finish this retrospective of Gaga's career, let's go to her most recent moment. <laughs> Stupid Love came out a few weeks ago. But also, we'd kind of all heard it if we were Gaga stands before it properly dropped. Had um, you? <laughs> don't do this to me. Don't do don't do No that. one pirates music in twenty twenty. <laughs> there was a there was a conversation um Zane Lowe was having on Beats One around leaking and stuff the other day and how it used to be like a fun, important part of a lot of marketing strategies and a lot of artist release schedules yeah. the leak was like a a prized thing and blogs would be paid by record labels to to, to leak, leak to leak stuff and now it's like it's completely changed and it's it's completely pivoted and apparently um Lil Uzi Vert now 
um, whenever something of his leaks, and yes, it still keeps leaking, all his shit leaks. Apparently, yeah. it completely de- it derails his whole process, and he just like cans projects if something. Well, he still had it. enough songs to release a thirty-two song album. So <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously got plenty going on. But you know what? Exactly. To your point of the leaking, I was actually going to bring it up because Stupid Love debuted at five in the US, um, which is one of her highest debuts in, I think, since Born This Way. Um, and it's crazy because I actually think the leak helped it in the end. Like the hysteria online once that dropped and everybody was like pop Gaga's back. I really wouldn't be surprised if they did it on purpose. And I think there was uh, around uh, probably a good month of people knowing that Stupid Love was around and that it was coming and that there was something happening. There were not just leaks of the music, but there were re- there were leaks of the, the planned release schedule as well yeah. um, for when the record was going to come out, when it was going to impact radio. That got leaked on a couple of websites too. They ended up p- pushing that back a few weeks. But yeah, I think it, you were exactly right. It did build that hype. I think people also wanted to see whether what they'd heard, if they had listened to the to the leak, um, whether that was going to be what it actually ended up sounding like, or whether they were going to change elements. Um, it's also the not record. the same anymore to leak a song because once upon a time, if you had the song sitting in your iTunes, it meant you no longer had to buy it. But once yeah. the song actually comes out on streaming services, you're not going to still be listening to the like dot mp4 version that you've got sitting on Finder in your computer. You're going <laughs> to add it to whatever you're chosen streaming services so i don't know if it hurts it as much i could be wrong i don't, i'm not an expert on that but yeah once it comes out you're still going to listen to it just as much and spend the same amount of money on it yeah essentially um all right what are you saying for stupid love because it's an art bop to me oh it's definitely an art bop such a such an amazing return and such a um so good that she's been able to return to pop in a time when everybody is doing this really like slow trap pop thing and just to just to like come in with a four to the floor banger i think i think is amazing i think her and you um and maybe normani to come at kind of doing the best pop right now agree couldn't agree more and i'm happy that it sounds the way it does the pop records that are working um we're at we're at nearly 50 minutes so let's power through the last few questions i reckon (laughs) You're getting extra. It's okay. People have extra time. They're all at home at the moment. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, COVID-19. You're getting, a, you're getting an extra, a big episode. It's like one of those chip packets where they're like 20% more. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shout out to um, our sponsor. <laughs> I don't Smith's know who to choose chips. this time. Smith's. Smith's. I love go Smith's. With Smith's. Now, should we unpack the, 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 the lead single? Yeah, applause. I feel like we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, But if applause was not the first single on the album, what should it have been? Oh, that is a very good question. Um, Because Gaga almost dropped it from the record. Looking at the track listing of Art Pop, I reckon GUI, and this was a single, um, Mm -hmm. but I reckon... G-U-Y, because it is a little bit more mature than the rest of the album, I think it could have worked as a first single. Um, I personally would have liked to see Swine as the uh, lead single. Really? (laughs) No. No. No, It would have killed everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any of the records on this album potentially could have been smash hits. Like, I really... I think really, I disagree. I think there's one 
I think there's okay. one really stands out to me. If you say I think aura. that given she was bridging such a big hyperbolic record with this experimental pop record, she should have gone with Gypsy. Okay. Yeah, I can back that. Maddie I can get around co-produced. that. Yep. It has that like kind of anthemic quality to it, but it's also a weird song. A little bit of a country vibe, which is what was going on at the time. Yep. I think that she could have gotten away with that. Yep, I'm backing that. I'm with Great. you on that. Um, but I Maybe still she should release it now. <laughs> Just put it, Just put it out. Second Gypsy single from 2020 edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, I think Dope could have also done well as a single as yeah. well. Not, not the lead single, but it initially had different lyrics. It wasn't the Dope lyric. It was something a bit more Adele-y. Um, which could have worked given what was going on in music at the, the time. I don't think it's the strongest song from the album, but it could have yep. got, it was probably the most boring, so it could have done well. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny from um, Jenny from Penrith would have liked it. Yeah, absolutely with would a, have loved it. Yeah. With her seven kids and a Tarago. Um, <laughs> yeah. On the way to the Pink concert. That's profiling. <laughs> All right. If applause was her single right now instead of Stupid Love, do you think it would have done better? Oh, it's a really good question. Um, I reckon it, this is all contextual. If she had taken the time out that she had taken um, and done the things she'd done in the meantime and built herself up a bit more as a celebrity, more than a pop star and a pop singer. Um, yeah. And, you know, moved, gotten the credibility from the acting side, released a few ballads. I reckon it would have done exponentially better. And I reckon it possibly even could have done better than Stupid Love is doing at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I, it's interesting because I feel like um, Applause is kind of like Stupid Love's sister in a way. Like, I think yeah. that the most similar Gaga records. Stupid Love yep. is maybe a little bit more um, easy to relate to, but I definitely think that Applause still would have... I don't know if it would have done better, to be honest, but I think it would have been on par. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when you think about the records that are beating beating Stupid Love at the moment... What's, what is beating Stupid Love at the moment? What's the biggest song in the world right now? I should know that. Um, what is it? It's... I know here it's Set. Roddy Rich, The Box. Yeah, The Box. The, it's Which is like not something. Songs like... Oh, you know what? Chua, Don't Stop Now is probably the biggest pop song in the world. Or The Weekend Blinding Lights. Those two Which records. are both yeah. really big, meaty, girthy pop songs. Stop saying meaty and girthy <laughs> in relation to pop songs. And Dance please. Funky as well. They're all, they're all big pop songs. Yeah, exactly cool. right. Yeah, it's no, an it probably, it probably it is an interesting time, and now we're about to see, um, you know, not that we're t- a new music podcast, but Benny's Super Lonely is about to be an absolute crossover hit, um, yeah. at least in Australia. Um, it's about to go, I think it's just gone top five in Australia on the charts, so wow. it's, it's a time to make interesting pop music and actually release it and get commercial success. So well done, humans that make pop. Last question, and then we're going to do a game and finish up the, finish up the, the potty. Yeah, the extra big podcast. I'd, I just think it's interesting, given that this um, podcast is all about flopping, why did people want to bring Gaga down so badly around applause? Oh, that's a really good question, because we talked about why people wanted to 
bring her up with it. We talked about why the fans wanted to, to be excited about it. Um, yeah. I think... I don't know if, if there was a necessarily a it's Gaga, we want to bring her down kind of sensation. I think it was more a we don't want this sort of what could be perceived as trashy pop music to become the norm. And so critics, I think, wanted to stand up to that and yeah. and sort of bet in that that more... Um, you know, more sophisticated pop music was was what was to be expected of pop stars, and they didn't want sort of trashy sounding dance beats to become the the expectations for pop stars. I think that's probably got something to do with it. They they were more they had more of a I think they they felt an obligation to stop these you know basic sounding records if you want to call them that. Obviously, we, we know they're deeper than that and we know yeah. that they've got experimental value to them but yeah i think they i think Wait, that was probably us intellectuals no. us intellectuals no. <laughs> um woke versus broke yeah i think that's that's probably got something to do with it they just didn't want to um yeah they didn't want to make it the norm i agree with that and i also think she kind of set such a high bar for herself in terms of performance and theatrics and when she arrived with the fame it was really new and everybody was like glued on every performance that Gaga did because you also you always knew she was going to do something different but a few years down the track it's like what else is she going to do now and it becomes a bit of an eye roll thing and it's like she genuinely couldn't do anything to beat what she'd already done because she'd done so much so in terms of the theatrics of it all I think people had just grown tired of it. Was it maybe in Gaga's own context as well that from a critical perspective, from when we're talking about proper critics, they didn't, they knew that Gaga was capable of what they thought was better um, than art pop. And they knew she was capable of the kind of sophisticated pop they wanted to protect. It could be an element of that as well. Well, they really did a number on her. Poor old Gaga. (laughs) 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 All right. We're going to do this game. We're going to race through. People are getting bored. Uh, well, people should leave a review on Apple Podcasts if they think that. But yeah, I think we've done a good job of keeping they absolutely the should not do that. We've got a five star average. We don't want to bring it down. Exactly. All right, this game is called Art Pop or Pop Art. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you out a quote, and it's either going to be by Lady Gaga or by Andy Warhol. Oh God. Lady Gaga described art pop as a reverse Warholian experience, whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> so That's, my I've favorite thing about Gaga is that. making is just making up words and putting them into putting them into like her own critiques of her own records. I love it. Um, it's brilliant. All right, let's punch through it. All right. The first quote is art question mark. That's a man's name. God, whoever <laughs> said, whichever one of them said this, Gaga, you know I love you, but this you're insufferable sometimes. Um, I reckon, art, that's a man's name. I reckon that was probably Gaga. Yeah, that feels like something Gaga would have said. Wrong. That was oh. Mr. Andy Warhol. Oh. Fan of Campbell's well, you... cans. <laughs> what? <laughs> he drew all the, he did all the like pictures of like oh, um, that's materialistic right. things hey Lucky this so is not I would, an art po- podcast so so i was wrong i love that you have to press your own wrong button it just rubs it in so much more it's excellent 
It's very demoralising. I just want you to swim in the shame. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the next one. My new line is, in 15 minutes, everybody will be famous. (laughs) My new line... I'm trying to do it. Have you heard of this this girl on Twitter called Chase Icon that just does... Like impressions of Gaga and Kim Kardashian. No, I'll play. I'll play you a little bit of her Gaga impression in a second. But I'm gonna say this was Gaga saying that. All right, I want you to press a button for yourself. It's the wrong <laughs> button. Ah, oh, I don't deserve <laughs> this. Warhol again. What the fuck is Warhol talking about? Well, it seems they're kind of kindred spirits. These two because they're quite yeah. really quite similar. Um, okay. <laughs> if you think I gave a damn about money, then you don't know me as an artist at all. You think I gave a damn about money, and you don't know... If you think I gave a damn about money, you don't know me as an artist at all. <laughs> Stop. Ga- it was Gaga. <laughs> it was Gaga. Yay! Yay. Okay. Good. I love Los Angeles and I love Hollywood. They're beautiful. Everybody's plastic, but I love plastic. I want to be plastic. That is undoubtedly Ms. Germanotta. That is undoubtedly Andy Warhol. What is he talking about? (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's finish. One last one. I'm just an American like everybody else. I'm going to work, doing my job, and I want to make sure I do it well. Oh, it sounds like a Trump supporter. <laughs> so, so Gaga. <laughs> wow. No, that was actually um, Sarah Palin. <laughs> no, it was Gaga. It was Gaga. Coming, it was Gaga. Was it Sarah Palin in a rat costume? Yes, it was. Just going to work like everybody else in her rat costume. The new protective coronavirus wear. Was that our last one? That was the final one. I can give you another one if you want. No, it's fine. All right, well, that's been fun to unpack one of um, one of Gaga's more experimental moments in her long storied career. And it's been wonderful to unpack it with you today, Sam. Yeah, you know what? I've actually enjoyed this one with you. <laughs> <laughs> first three, first three were, were a, tri- a, tri- a challenge, and this one I've succeeded in making you feel vaguely happy. Exactly, I feel like we've turned a corner. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I know I've said that three times now, but it helps. You um, sound really desperate. You sound like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber begging fans to buy the album. Please stream our podcast. Have you got a friend that likes pop music? Tell them about this podcast if you liked it. There we go. Done the plug. Definitely. But do it over the phone, not in person. Yes. Good luck with, with quarantine. Good luck with quarantine, Sam. Bye. Bye. That was fun. Bye-bye. <laughs>